0: I found a subtitle, which I, if I had found earlier, I would have probably used it. One man called this part, Here's Mud in Your Eye, and so I sort of like that, but my title is uh, Blind to the Truth, part one, and we're in John chapter nine. Let's read those verses, first part again, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did say in this man or his parents that he was born blind? Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he thus spoke, and he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He, the blind man, went his way, therefore, and washed. And he, the formerly blind man, came seeing. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd work at my life this morning. Forgive me of sin, empty myself. Help me, Lord, to say nothing amiss. Fill me with your spirit, I pray. Lord, our world needs to hear the truth of this miracle, how you can restore sight. It's not just about healing the blind, it's about healing this sight, the sight of who really is God. And Lord, we are in need of that. May we learn together, may we be challenged together, may we live lives that exemplify what a changed life looks at, looks like. Lord, this man was changed from the inside out later on, and he told everybody, before he was even saved, we would call it, he told everybody what you had done for him. Or may we be about doing that ourselves this week. So Lord, help us this morning. Be with those teaching downstairs. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Blind to the truth. Speaking of blindness, you know, there was a, a little nursery rhyme, which you may well be able to quote with me. Uh, we call it three blind mice. Today, they would call it probably the tail of three visually impaired small domestic rodents. It was formerly known as three blind mice. Three blind mice. Three, see how they run. See how they run. They all ran after a farmer's wife. She cut off their tails with a carving knife. Did you ever see such a sight or thing in your life as three blind mice? Now, we know. Where did that come from? Well, it's a parody Queen Mary the First, she ruled from fifteen fifty three to fifteen fifty eight. She's A.K.A. Mary Tudor, A.K.A. Bloody Mary. And so there was three noblemen. She had a lot of estates, and there were three noblemen who'd act, who were acting kind of ratty. She did not cut off their tails; she burned them at the stake. And so three blind mice. The farmer's wife is Queen Mary the First. And so that's how they really would ridicule, or that was their. their Response to such an action, see how they run. The truth. We need so much a return to the truth. These men in our texts, many of them are blind to the truth. So I see, first of all, I see a teaching moment. Isn't it interesting? If you come out of verse 8, I believe, flows right into 9, they are mocking the Christ. They took up stones to stone him in verse 9, but Jesus had himself went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. And right while he's doing this, he sees a blind man who's blind from birth. I tell you, he wasn't about himself. He was about the need, about the need. I, as I often, and and I, my wife and I will be in the car, and, and people do I don't know they're just not going fast enough to suit me, and and he's he's a Sunday driver on Saturday. Does does he not have anywhere to be? He must not have three jobs to do, or must not have all these things he's got. And so, but that was not Jesus. Jesus is going to the cross fairly soon in the next few months, and he sees a blind man while he's being chased by persecutors. Are, are we focused about the world, Pastor? Are you focused about the world? A teaching moment. We see, first of all, a disability in verse 1. He saw a man blind, which was blind from his birth. Something about this poor man's life arrested Jesus. Uh, I was reading just yesterday regarding the grace of God. A marked feature, I think it was uh, Herbert Locker said this, a marked feature of this man's case is that he never requested a cure, nor was he brought by others to Jesus. Jesus said, oh, he needs some help. I was at the, uh, the senior center, my, my, my new job, part of my new job, which I'm really going to enjoy, is I'm going to have the responsibility in Title 3B to go to the five senior centers and the two nutrition centers in the area of five counties here, and I'm going to be visiting them. And I'm going to be obviously to check over to see how things are going, but I got to meet so many older folks already. And then the, the one guy was telling me, uh, uh, Mr. Pyatt was telling me how the, they delivered meals to these people. Now, I don't know any of their names, so I'm not talking about anybody I know specifically yet, he said, but we, went to their, we go to their homes, and their refrigerator has nothing until we put the meals in their home. And, we, and they get extra meals, but it was a holiday weekend last weekend, and they had no food to eat because they were so hungry they ate their meals early. Now that, I said, wow. And so I'm working on already. I've already got some things. We got some extra money. Work, you know. We got extra meal money coming uh, from the state that's coming here. And so we're already talking about ways that we can help them out. And so we've already started the ball rolling on that. But when you see it, do you see a need? Are we looking for needs? I I know. I trust that you are. I become sometimes so self-absorbed that I don't see those things around me. This, by the way, this man was the only congenital disease of blindness mentioned in the Gospels. He was born blind; he had never seen the light of day, He'd never seen Galilee, he would never seen a sunset. We were going Wednesday night. There was a beautiful uh, double, almost a double rainbow, going out across the rivers, going back toward uh, toward Ashton over there on Wednesday night. He's never seen. He never saw a daisy or a bird or a human face. He'd grown up from babyhood to boyhood to manhood with the impenetrable darkness of the blind. You and I, I tell you, there's none in this room that can really understand that. Now, you close your eyes. You just want you to do it for just a moment. Close your eyes for just a moment. I'm not trying to do something weird while you're doing that, by the way. Can you imagine how much you miss just for one day? How much you would miss in just, how about your entire life? A disability. Secondly, disciples in verse 2. And disciples ask him, say, Master, who did send this man or his parents that were born blind? Now, the text does not specifically say how the disciples knew about this man. Perhaps he was very popular. Perhaps they had talked to him before. Perhaps he was very well-known. Perhaps he begged in the same spot every day. I'm not sure, but they knew about him. In either case, again, the only recorded instance of Christ healing someone to have the congenital condition from birth now the rabbis taught that the deformities or disabilities or other issues with a child was born were due to the sins of the parents. The disciples were referring to that when they said, "Did he sin or his parents?" The reason that someone had to do something bad in order for the blind man to be blind from birth—that was just a natural thing they had been taught. Before we condemn those in that era, what do we do in our in our own era? I was just, just one statistic from one country, the nation of England. 2020, October 25th, article, Charlie Jones, BBC News, Down Syndrome babies. 90% of the women who find out their babies are Down Syndrome abort the child. Now, 90%. That should make us weep. Make us absolutely weep. Andy Markham. 50-some years old when he passed. He lived a good life. He worked at McDonald's and other places. What about that was you? What about that was me? 90%. One, one lady who, who carried her child to, to term and actually wonderfully, and I love the pictures of the families with their, with their children, 15 offers to end the child's life. She was offered 15 times by doctors. Up until the 38th week. We, we can take care of that if you want. No. No. Tim Tebow, one of the most famous uh, sports of our, he was, his, his mother was encouraged to end his life in the womb before he was. Wow. You say, uh, uh, he's got to be a weakling. Yeah, right. Mr. Tebow's not a weakling. I can tell you that much for sure. So there's the disability, the disciples. What has happened? Declaration, verse 3. And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest. But the man having been born blind, could not have been responsible for his condition unless somehow he sinned in the womb before being born. Perhaps the disciples considered this disability since the view of children, what they could in that time believe that children could sin in the womb. I I just am not understanding that. But that was the part of the belief. In addition, that some Hellenistic Jews, now when you hear that Hellenistic Jews, those were those who did not live in Palestine. They lived outside the environs of Palestine. Influenced by Greek philosophy, some Hellenistic Jews argued also for a soul's pre-existence. That somehow the soul's in heaven, and then it comes down to inhabit the body. That's what Mormonism would teach you that. But no, God gives us life. He is the when the moment of creation, boom, you have life. He's given you life, and you are a viable human being from that moment on so many christians are capitulating to the world let me tell you if you're at one day old you are a human being the first moment not 15 that 15 the three trimester thing is all a concoction of the supreme uh, of what the supreme court 50 years ago you are a viable human being from the moment god gives you life that's the only way it makes sense or comes to truth it's what god's word has said Jeremiah, David, in my mother's womb. John the Baptist leaped with joy, did he not? When he heard that the Christ child's coming, Woohoo! hoo poor, poor Elizabeth. Oh, wow, he's kicking really hard right now. Disciples' reasoning, though, was based on a false premise. By the way, I thoroughly, and the Bible thoroughly rejects the view of preexistence or the children's sin and the womb. Now, Are all of us son of uh, the children of Adam and Eve? Yes, we're all born with sin. Yes, we understand that. But it was the disciples reasoning. Certainly, it is true that now that suffering in general is ultimately a result of sin in general. And it's also true that a specific illness can sometimes be the direct result of a sin. Miriam got leprosy because of her sin. It was, it was that Uzziah went to the temple and got leprosy because of sin. It was in uh, John chapter 5, verse 14, to the man who was healed by the pool, Christ said, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. So there are times when sin can cause physical ailments. We understand that. But let's listen to these three, I like this three-fold proposition regarding this. God's too loving to be unkind. He's too wise to make any mistakes. And he's too powerful to be thwarted in his infinite purpose. That is our God. He loves us. He wants us to have that fellowship. He wants to restore us. He wants us to have the joy of our salvation, not the misery of our salvation, Pastor Tim. He wants you to have the joy. We are to have that joy. Now, I have to say today, there are children who are born who suffer the natural consequences of a sinful choice as a matter of fact if a, if a mother has gonorrhea and as the child goes out she can contract he can con, he or she he or she can contract that disease as they go out are being born and if they're not treated fairly soon they can actually get that disease themselves. If you are carrying a child a mother's carry child and they use substance abuse it can affect the child as you well know that happens. Jesus said, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Amen. It's interesting, why do people suffer? And that's, that's probably one of the greatest questions people still wrestle with, even believers. Why do people suffer when God if God's in control? Why is there so much suffering? I can give you the word, it's called sin. Why did David Brainerd die at age 30? Do you know Charles Spurgeon was only 57 when he passed? this mon- mountain of writings. He was fifties. Why did uh, probably some profligate men were all around him. Why did he take some of those London men who were like living for themselves and living violent? Why did he take those? And why did Charles Spurgeon have to go? Because his job was done. God was done with him here. Why did Mara Pillay, 36 years old, on her way to Mongolia, starting crisis pregnancy centers here in America and going to, as a missionary, why did she die while she was speaking at the church in, in Portsmouth? I think she was speaking and just collapsed at the pulpit. And when she was giving her testimony what, what 36 god was done with her god was done with her took her home i like what mr bruce ff F. bruce says in his commentary this does not mean regarding the works of god should be made manifest it does not mean that god deliberately caused the child to be born blind in order that after many years his glory should be displayed in the removal of the blindness To think so would again be an aspiration or an attack on the reputation of the character of God. It does mean that God overruled the disaster in the child's blindness so that when the child grew to manhood, he might be recovering his sight by see and see the glory of God in the face of Christ and others seeing this work of God might turn to the true light of the world that God will be glorified. Now, I'll tell you, this can go all the way to the what is called theological predeterminism, or determinism, actually. Theological determinism says that every single event of every single person, whether good or ill, is absolutely ordained, and God says you must do it as theological determinism. God determines everything. Every evil act is ever done by every evil person ever alive. And that way, God is in control sovereignly, which, by the way, sovereignty does not sovereign does not mean all that. My thinking, but I would that's the reformed theological determinism mindset. I, however, believe that God can take the errors and the sin of man and turn it around to His glory. And God takes this; He can take Putin's and Xi Jinping's and all those. He can take and turn around to His glory nebuchadnezzar was the biggest man in the world probably uh as far as power and god took him and put him where he in his place and by the end of chapter four i personally believe that nebuchadnezzar trusted in the true god i now exalt and you should you want to get fired up read nebuchadnezzar's end of chapter four of daniel wow man's blindness was timed by God to coincide with the Lord's earthly ministry. So, by the way, he just says, or he will say in just a moment, that he is the light of the world. Verse 5. And so he is. I like verse 4. And I must work the works of him that sent me while it, while it is day. My wife and I have sung a song, While It Is Day. Uh, we haven't sung it for a while. At, uh, but anyway, we have a time. The night cometh when no man can work. I like what Pink says. He says, The Savior was not occupied with his own sorrows to the exclusion of those of others. Can you imagine? You are on your way to Calvary in a few months, and, and you're going to face all these things. I'm probably going to go up into a mountain and, and sit and not be, be with people till the very last moment and then come out instead of, Wow, he needs this and he needs that, and, and this needs to be done, and those things need to be done as well. It was not the Christ. He was not overly occupied with his own sorrows he must, it refers to a proper recompense for due, that he stated that he was bound by the purpose of his coming to work the works. They are to serve God with a sense of urgency. We are, while it is day, Puritan pastor Richard Baxter, about the 1600s, I believe, said this, I preached as never sure to preach again, and as a dying man to dying men. Do you have a guarantee of tomorrow? I was just, we were coming to church yesterday afternoon, and we were there just past McDonald's about, right there in front of Kenner Hardware, two cars had gone by, and this car in the right hand side thought he, could, he was, must have seen the gas station, I got to get over there, you know how people all of a sudden they make, they make, in a moment of time, they make quick moves, when they shouldn't be doing that, I got to cut over, and he, the first car got by, but this red truck was right in his blind spot, and he wheeled over at oh I thought it was going to be a wreck right in the middle of the road right in front of us but God after whoo man just about he went on though saved we're not guaranteed of even tomorrow verse 5 as long as I'm in the light of the in the world I am the light of the world introduced to us earlier on in 812 Jesus is the light of the world Robert Louis Stevenson who was as a little boy was watching a lamplighter in Edinburgh Scotland and one night, he, he tugged on his parents, uh, did something, got his parents' attention. He said, Mom and Dad, look, look, there's a man out there punching holes in the darkness. And that's exactly what Christ has done. He's punched the holes in the darkness of sin and opened up to you and I and the world. He is the light of the world. Interesting. Probably my favorite quote from Stevenson is this. has nothing to do necessarily with the message. Everyone, sooner or later, sits down to a banquet of consequences Everyone, sooner or later, sits down to a banquet of consequences. A teaching moment, a tremendous miracle. Time is hastening, as you can well see. Verse 6, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind with his clay. Now, think for just a moment. I like this. I was just reading it from some pithy commentator. To us, it would seem as if the action of covering the eyes of the blind man with spittle and clay was better calculated to make a seeing man blind than a blind man see. I mean you go cover his eyes. How in the world am I gonna start seeing with my eyes covered? But that's God does things like we don't would not do. That's because he's God and you and I, by the way, are not. Why did he heal this way? It's not stated. Some of the early church fathers interpreted Christ's actions in light of Genesis 2 in that making the clay would symbolize the Lord creating new eyes, functioning eyes. Interesting take on that. Leon Morris says, Jesus performed his miracles with a sovereign hand and he cannot be limited by rules of procedure. He cured how he will. And that's because of Christ. We can't figure out why. We don't need to know all the things behind that. And sometimes pastors make decisions or sometimes pastors do things and why did he do that? Well sometimes we know things that you do not and we are trying to do things as to keep to do things what God would have, as what God would have us to do. I, I'm not going to in a way I answer to you yes, but more I'm more fearful by far of when I answer to God. I'm gonna be held accountable. And so <clears throat> that's just and so why did God do that? way? we don't know for sure. We can ask him you can ask him in heaven when you're walking and talking with him in the garden, things like that. Siloam was rediscovered fairly recently the last few de- decades. Uh, it was Hezekiah who met, built a tunnel from Gihon Spring to the Pool of Siloam to, to ensure there's a continuous supply in this pool. It was the Pool of Siloam. The high priest would go on the, fe- the Feast of Tabernacles and scoop the water out. This is the pool. It means sent. That's where he's sent. he's sending him to, the Pool of Siloam. Go and wash in the pool, which is by interpretation sent. That was the method. How about the miracle in verse 7 as well? He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The psalmist said, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. I like what Matthew Henry said. Those that would be healed by Christ must be ruled by him. Do you notice the O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E? exactly obedience, what God asked him to do. He did that. Listen, if God's told us how to live, how to act, how to be, and we're knowingly rejecting that, don't expect God's blessings on your life. Don't do it. Like God said you're to walk in obedience to his divine commands. You cannot live in open sin. And expect God to be, oh, I just love the way you're doing things like that. No, he's not. He's not doing it. Now, will he forgive you? Yes. That's the purpose of the convicting power of the Spirit is to get us to, to re- repent and confess and get right with Him. And he, he didn't, he obeys without hesitation. But the, the Lord, the, the Jesus, he didn't know who he was. Jesus, you put you put this on my eye, I'm supposed to go, I can't see anything. I couldn't see anything anyway, anyway. But I'm supposed to go and how's this gonna help anything? It makes it's like a double thing. I can it wasn't none of it was none of that. He just goes. He didn't ask him to stop. He wasn't taken there and like, but please help me. He was not like a uh, blind need healing sign? There was nothing like that. Jesus stopped here. But you got your spit in there. Yes? None of that. Can you imagine today? Someone stops to heal somebody. Oh, he's got his saliva in there. Did he, did he clean his hands first? Is, is he, is, do you see what I'm saying? This, this is not. There's none of that. It's about Obedience. But what, God might ask me to do something. God might ask me to give something of my own. God might take my time. He might ask me yes, and so we should give him everything. But we sometimes I mentioned I get sometimes I've got so many things. I've got my so many things ordered. I don't know if you're like me. I've got not every minute ordered. I've got I've got pretty much every quarter of the hour. I know where I'm going. I got time for a nap. I got time for a nap from two thirty to three three twenty. If I work on the church stuff, 3.30. I know about my time ordered. Where's God's time? Can God, like, as Mr. Womack says, can God interfere in your life? To have you do something? So that was the method, the miracle, the murmurings in verse 8. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? By the way, can you think of a better attestation? <laughs> Every month, I get it uh, when I'm doing the invoices for for the Five Co. the aging departments or aging department. I get it. The CEO gives me an attestation that his budget is he attested. This is the truth. Every month, I've got to have that. Can you imagine? Uh, it's like was it like uh, like there's no one around though. No. Isn't this the one that everybody knows who it was? This is, this is, Elon Musk, everybody's heard that name in this room, probably, Elon Musk. We asked uh, we, yes, because he got so much money, and Bill Gates, we've all heard that name because he got so much money, et cetera. Uh, this man was born, we know, isn't this the same one? Some said, this is he, others said, he is like him. Wow, well, Was he a twin? But he said, I am he. Transformation of conduct so great, the people were Confused. Can you imagine that people got saved today, this today, and our churches, and they're go to work tomorrow? Are, are you are you Tim's twin brother? Because he's like, he's surly and he's grumpy and he's grouchy, he's barking all the time, and he doesn't like anybody or anything. He kicks his cat. And you've been not, you've not been nice to cats, but you're here happy and, and you're smiling and you're you're not cussing and you're all this. Are, are you the same person? That's what salvation brings to us. We are to be different different this is he he says i am he he found it they found it easier to believe in a case of mistaken identity than a miraculous healing is that not america today we're willing to believe some extravagant lie rather than face the truth the truth is this and the lie will collapse eventually i see it starting to collapse in some realms already the lies, because the truth is what lasts Ontology trumps culturality, if that's a word, every time. Every time. Ontology is simply who you are, the reality of who you are. The murmurings. Verse 10 Therefore, they said unto him, How how were thine eyes opened? How? It it means, How did this come to pass? They were shocked and confused as to what had taken place. How were they opened? Verse 11 He answered, and said, and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and, and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received my sight. The same story every time. If you tell the truth, you don't have to worry about lying. <laughs> it's the same. T- every time I went and washed, and I can see. And they said unto him, where is he? And I know not, again, the truth, he didn't know where he was. A teaching moment, a tremendous miracle. And we're going to start a tragic motivation. Persecution begins. We see the day in 13. And they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. There's no controversy. The miracle was done. You understand that? Do you see the, 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 the Pharisees never said, oh, uh, what? No one did. Oh, so it's, okay, so the miracle happened. Now what are we going to do? We got we to do, do damage control. The miracle happened. Therefore, said some of the Pharisees, this man is, uh, let's go back to 13. And they brought the Pharisees, and four time was blind, and in the, it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed, and do see. Every time, maybe a couple words different, but the story is the same. We can find nowhere to chip into the story. We've looked, and there's no, there's no cracks in the story, so we've got to find somebody else some other way. The day is the Sabbath, day, and as you well know, that rubs the Pharisees the wrong way because I've got 545,342 rules, and you've got to obey everyone. There wasn't that many I know. No, actually, there were huh? or 614. You've got to obey all. And then they had all the traditional things you've also got to do. You can't do those. The day, the determination, <clears throat> starting in, in 16. Therefore, some said to the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division. Actually, we find our, we get our English word schism from that. There was a schism among the Pharisees. Now, I have to tell you this. The, the group, that's the latter part that said, uh, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? I think they were a very small minority because this is the only time we see their viewpoint given. I think more heat was generated than light. In this case, a lot of happens in a lot of churches. More heat's generated than light. Keepeth to observe, take care, or to guard. They, the Pharisees still were clinging to their traditional things. Because he keepeth not the Sabbath. He didn't check all the check marks. He healed somebody. What are we going to do about that? He ignored the restrictions and extra biblical applications for the rabbis. He made saliva. But, but, and supposedly violated the prohibition against kneading because he took the saliva and, and made clay of it. So he kneaded he on the Sabbath. So he was wrong. Made him so angry. Certainly he can't be he's disobeying that. The regulations forbade even the medical treatment on the Sabbath unless a person's life was in danger. So how can he? He wasn't in danger because he was blind. You healed him and he was wrong according to our tradition that was number 600 no that was number 543 part 6.23743 through 1 you did it wrong you can't do that so that's why they're so upset i like what the william barclay says by this time years of legalistic accretion which was the growth or formation had encrusted the original sabbath laws like barnacles so, well, yeah, All this law, is that this is good for us, and now we've added so many things. It's like, this was the law, but this is what it looks like now. My goodness, this is what it started. And you imagine that. you got little things that start gross coming on it, and by the time you have to chip away to get back down to what was actually originally there. And we see a difference. There's two popular schools. There's a group, the school of Shammai, which probably the first group, They started with the breach. A man who breaks the Sabbath is a sinner. Probably the group of Halil said no. He started with the facts. A man who performs obviously good works is not a sinner. Nicodemus would be in that second group most likely. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath. What a provoking of of them it wasn't. The purpose was, as you well know, divine authority. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. If he wants to change it, he can. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Matter of fact, it says in Mark 2, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That was the purpose. Blinded by their own self, righteous system, it seemed obvious to them at the first group that he could not be from God. Those who are from God, they reasoned, keep the Sabbath, verse 17. They say unto the blind man, then what sayest thou of him? He that opened his eyes. He said, he's a prophet, a prophet. He actually has a far more grasp of what's going on than the Pharisees. He grasped the reality of what Christ was. One man says, the man's eyes are opening wider. He's beginning to see still more clearly, while the eyes of the judges are becoming clouded over with their blinding theological mist. The formerly blind man has it spot on. In 18, starting 18, we'll close out with this. Verse 18, if you're following along there still, I'm still, are awake. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that was born blind. He received his sight until they called his parents of him that was received his sight and asked him, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How doth he now see? And his parents answered them and said, We know this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means, lie. Remember that from the Bible school, if you hear that little button that goes off, lie. Here it is. Here's the lie. But by what means he now seeth? Oh, we, we, we know not. For who hath opened his eyes? We know not. Ask him. He is of age. He shall speak for himself. I'm telling you, they threw him under the bus. They threw him under the bus. Why? Because later on they are so they are so scared of being kicked out of the synagogue. They knew that Jesus had done the healing. They knew. What happens if they sign on with Jesus? And by the way, he could have lost his job. I mean, they're so poor already that their son's begging for food. So they're poor. He might lose his job out of the synagogue. You're anathema. And that, by the way, that was a very serious thing. We understand that. Who is it? The God of grace and glory who healed your son or the traditions of man? And you and I are faced with that very decision, I believe, every day in some respect. Is it what man says? Is it what God has decreed? And you and I, we must decide. The application is very simple. Implication, Jesus is God. The Wycliffe translators, Bob and Jan Smotherman, were assigned to the Makona people in southeast Columbia, South America, and progress was going, going well. They were translating the gospel of John, believe it or not, and the chief's son was there engaged as a helper, and, and they would spent five years, and they would re- get it done, and they would read it before the people, and finally, they got this part finalized, and they started reading John's gospel, chapter 9, verse 1. And the son was reading about the encounter of the man born blind. And when he got to the verse where Jesus says that this man was born blind, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him, the old chief stood and motioned with his hands, everybody must be quiet. He says, we must stop killing our babies. To a people so steeped in animism, the normal process was to take any disabled baby, deformed baby to a desolated place and leave them until they died. And the chief said, ha, we're not doing that anymore. God's word is clear. The implication is true. And by the way, this morning, the implication is you for us. We are sinners and need a salvation. If you don't know him, you need to receive. We must pray together. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening online, I would ask you to consider your own life. Do you know the Christ? Have you been... Sight been given. This morning, I ask all those who are listening, has there been a point in time when you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to be your Savior? There's a world that is so bereft of common sense. The, the political ideology and cultural Marxism is so engrossed in their lives, they think they are doing wonderful things, and that we who are hold to traditional Bible truths are just out of focus, out of sight, out of step, or phobias of whatever would help us to in love engage as you give us opportunity, and may your Holy Spirit give us direction. Lord, help us to love others. Lord, even though we are busy people, Jesus was so busy, he was being persecuted, and yet a man that was born blind caught his attention. Lord, may we be arrested by people who need the Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.